My name is Lily Madden, and I'm a proud Aranda, Bunjalung, Kalkadun woman from Gadigal country. The Daily Oz acknowledges that this podcast is recorded on the lands of the Gadigal people and pays respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander nations. We pay our respects to the first peoples of these countries, both past and present. Good morning and welcome to The Daily Oz. It's Monday the 26th of June. I'm Zara. I'm Sam. It's been one year since the US Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, eliminating the constitutional right to an abortion. My body! My choice! My body! My choice! 50 years of a legally enshrined right to abortion in the United States has been brought to an end. It's never been done to a right so important to so many Americans. The decision to quash the nearly 50-year-old ruling meant individual states could determine their own abortion legislation. And as a result, many states immediately enforced abortion bans. Victory for anti-abortion groups who fought for decades to give individual states the power to ban abortion. Right to life has been vindicated. I have just been so excited for this, and we're finally in a poster America. I'm really afraid for women, women's rights. It's not the country I went to sleep in last night. In today's Deep Dive, we'll be joined by TDA journalist Sunny Adcock to take a look at what's happened in the years since. But first, what is making headlines today? Zara, an absolutely massive weekend of international news. We've covered some stuff off in more detail over on our Instagram. But what you need to know in short is that over the weekend, a private military group threatens to overthrow the Russian army and its leadership. The attempted rebellion was led by the Wagner Group and its leader, Yevgeny Prigozhin. After hours of unrest and an emergency public address by Vladimir Putin, Prigozhin called off his troops and agreed to himself leave the country in a deal reportedly brokered by Belarusian leader Alexander Lukashenko. Russian state media reported the deal was reached to, quote, avoid bloodshed. The Queensland Police Commissioner has defended an officer seen repeatedly punching a man in Brisbane on Thursday. Police said the officer was responding to a highly agitated man allegedly under the influence of a substance and that the officer, quote, used physical force to control the man. The federal government has unveiled a new plan that could see social media companies find millions of dollars if they repeatedly fail to stop the posting of misinformation on their platforms. Under the draft legislation, the Australian Communications and Media Authority, otherwise known as ACMA, would be empowered to, in the words of the Communications Minister, look under the hood and examine the records of social media companies. And the good news. Over 79,000 hectares of national parkland in northwest Queensland will be returned to traditional owners. It's the first step of a process that will hand over the entire national park to the Wanyi people. Sunny, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you back. I'm so excited to be here again, Zara. Thanks for having me. So this past weekend just marked one year since the US Supreme Court voted to overturn the ruling of Roe v. Wade. You've been pretty deep in this story. You have a particular focus on gender when it comes to the TDA newsroom. So I want you to take us back to the beginning and just start out by telling us what was Roe v. Wade. So... Looking back at what Roe v. Wade actually was, it was a landmark U.S. Supreme Court ruling in 1973 that set a nationwide precedent for abortion rights. It found that the 14th Amendment to the Constitution actually provided a right to privacy, and that right protected a pregnant woman's right to have an abortion. So essentially, this means that access to abortion was a right enshrined in the Constitution and could not be outlawed by any individual states. 
Right. And so that, I mean, until last year was what we knew about abortion rights in the US. But that all changed on the 24th of June when there was a majority ruling in the Supreme Court that overturned this precedent. Exactly. And this meant that abortion was no longer a right protected under the Constitution. And it meant that individual states were given back the power to determine their own abortion laws. And I mean, I remember that there was this leaked ruling ahead of time. We kind of knew that it was going to happen. But then on the 24th of June, we actually found out Roe v. Wade had been overturned. What was the immediate aftermath of the decision in the US? It was monumental. Well, I mean, pretty much immediately once the Supreme Court decision was handed down, trigger laws restricting abortion access started to come into effect across 13 states. What's a trigger law? So essentially, these are placeholder laws that state governments had developed in advance of the day that power to create abortion laws would be handed back to them. And that meant that when this ruling was handed down, they came into effect pretty much immediately. And so, for example, Arkansas and Missouri, they immediately outlawed any abortion unless it was a medical emergency. And so that was, I guess, straight away or almost straight away in those states. But there were also other states over time and in the last year who have also responded. Totally. And we actually have data that says since Roe v. Wade was overturned, half of all US states have moved to at least restrict, if not ban, access to abortion. Wow. Yeah. And according to the Guttmacher Institute, 13 states have completely banned abortion with very limited exceptions to when a pregnancy can be terminated. So, just to give you an example, in Mississippi, all abortions are now banned, except in cases where the mother's life is in danger or if the pregnancy resulted from a rape, but only if that rape was reported to law enforcement. And then other states have since banned abortion after six weeks, which is actually before many people even know they're pregnant. Several of these bans are subject to legal challenges. I think this is one of those stories where when you read the news, you almost become desensitised to the fact that we're talking about very real situations and very challenging situations. But, I mean, abortion bans, and to the degree that we've just spoken about, certainly haven't happened across the whole country. In fact, we've seen the opposite happen in some states, right? I mean, exactly. There is another side to the coin, and some states have actually introduced measures to protect abortion access. Mm. Um, California, Vermont and Michigan, they all amended their respective constitutions so that these states now explicitly guarantee the right to an abortion. Meanwhile, Oregon and New Mexico, they have the most liberal abortion access in the US, and they actually don't restrict abortion at any stage of pregnancy. And then... Other states have passed laws expanding who can perform abortions or prescribe abortion pills, and some have even strengthened legal protections for abortion providers and patients, or even introduced laws limiting protests outside abortion clinics. Every morning in our pitch meetings, we go around and all the journalists at TDA talk about what they want to write that day. You, given that you have a particular gender focus, um, will pitch inevitably something about abortion. And recently it's been about abortion pills. Why? Why is that in the news? Abortion pills are a really topical part of this whole discourse and Mm. they've come under attack by a lot of different state governments. So a lot of people actually don't know that you can get an abortion performed by surgery Mm -hmm. or you can terminate a pregnancy using abortion medication. Typically, data has suggested that this is becoming an increasingly preferred way to terminate through medication. Through medication. Mm -hmm. And a recent ruling by the Food and Drug Administration declared that some pharmacies could actually sell the abortion pill to patients, which previously wasn't the case. So what does that look like in practice? Have we seen lawmakers start to 
try and target those pills? Absolutely. There's been a definite pushback from some state governments. Mm-hmm. And in Wyoming, they actually became the first US state to explicitly ban abortion medication. In a lot of these other states with those more severe bans, abortion medication is banned sort of as a byproduct of, you know, a complete restriction on the procedure, mm-hmm. period. But this was the first time that abortion pills had been targeted in this way. And, you know, cases popping up over other states suggest that it's probably not going to be the last. Mm. I should just say, though, that the Wyoming ban has been temporarily suspended because of an ongoing lawsuit against it. I think that because we say the US, I often forget that it's the United States of America and that when we're thinking and talking about issues like abortion, that is really underscored and highlighted that there is not really this United States, that they are each individual states with individual agendas and clearly very different views on abortion. What does a federal government do in this situation? What does Joe Biden as president, who's meant to be bringing this whole country together, what's his position on this? I think a lot of people will relate to you there. Even for me, writing these stories and being an American citizen, Mm. that was a huge learning for me. You know, you often hear people talking about the fact that it almost feels as though there are multiple Americas within the one Mm. Americas because of how different things are across state lines. Completely. And so when we look at it from a federal perspective, the current US President Joe Biden has repeatedly condemned the decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Mm -hmm. In the weeks after the ruling last year, he actually signed an executive order that federal agencies must safeguard access to reproductive health care and should investigate ways to protect people traveling across state lines. So i.e. from a state where abortion is restricted to a state where it's not. Mm -hmm. Situations like this actually bring attention to the limits of the president's power. Mm. And the only way to secure the right to abortion in every state, according to the president, is for Congress to restore the protections of Roe v. Wade as a federal law. But, you know, we know that the Democrats wouldn't have the numbers to pass that through as is, and that largely there is a lot of Republican opposition to abortion protection. So it is difficult for the president to have a route forward with this. Absolutely. Okay, so putting aside politicians and courtrooms for a second, what does social opinion look like in the US on this issue? Well, fortunately, we actually have polling that gives us an idea of how everyday people are Mm. feeling about abortion rights in the country. A poll by the Marist Institute for Public Opinion in April showed that 61% of Americans said they support abortion rights. And that's actually up from 55% in June last year. I must say that number still shocks me a bit. Like, that is a fairly divided nation. Oh, completely. I mean, 66% of Americans said that abortion should only be allowed at most within the first three months of pregnancy. So there's definitely still an element of division. Mm. And even among supporters, it's complicated. It is. And I think lots of different values and opinions go into forming your position on this issue either way. But before we wrap up, I think one thing that even us at the Daily Oz are guilty of, is like importing Americanisms Mm. and, you know, constantly talking about the US at the exclusion of what is happening in our own backyard. Abortion's been in the news in Australia, right? It has been in the news. And this is because, like America, abortion in Australia is a state-by-state issue. Mm -hmm. It differs across the board. But Western Australia actually introduced legislation to Parliament this week Mm -hmm. that would decriminalise abortion. It would mean that abortion was no longer under the criminal code in any parts of the country. That's definitely one to keep our eye on. As I said, as we're looking across the world at the US, there is still developments in this space here in Australia. Sunny, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me.
Thanks for joining us on The Daily Oz today. If you learned something from today's episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. So there's a TDA episode waiting for you every morning. We'll be back again tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. Hold up. 